You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hello, all you lovely listeners. Welcome back. My name is Jordan. Hello. Cliff Barnes. Illustrious Michael K. Easton. Seth. What are we doing? We're zipping along. We're getting better at these introductions. We're figuring out Zoom, <laughs> what all the buttons do on Zoom. Yeah. yeah. We are socially sure. distanced coming at you. Yeah. Nice. If you're a patron, you can watch the videos and count how many times Michael flips off Seth. Yeah. That you never hear, just the audio. You don't Unsolicited. hear the finger. Unsolicited. Right. Unearned. If you hear any point where that deserves to happen, we need, Cliff, we need like a sound effect. Second, the millisecond. <laughs> we need like a whip crack or something for every time Michael flips off Seth so that uh, the audio listeners can. Yeah, if you it. don't, if you're not a patron, guess who has a spinner rack of comics in their background? I I wonder if they can guess. Um, Yeah, $1 a month gets you access to all that and more. So we we love our patrons. We thank you, anyone who is a patron. And we'd love to have more. We'd love to have any feedback, even if you're not a patron. Email us, tweet us, tell us what you want to hear. Yes. We thrive on your opinions. (laughs) That's all we care about. Like we threw out a recent one job. And one of our patients said, I'd rather do another one job. So we are going to do that one job at some point. Not now, but not today. Right. No time soon. <laughs> but someday. Don't even. But when you forget about it, that's when we're going to do it. Exactly. A week after that. <laughs> but we are going to do a different segment that we haven't done in a while. A couple weeks anyway. Where you learn about us. You down with KPP? Yeah, you know me. What the hell is wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Why are you the way that you are? So, what are we doing? What's the big question this week? Lay it this, on us. This question uh, actually came from Michael. Do you even remember submitting this question? I don't know. That's a no. I don't, I don't know. We That's had a question a no. from little, little Mikey in, in uh, Williamstown, West Virginia. <laughs> Mikey had to say, All My right, favorite I, podcast. I <laughs> Okay, let's reach into the mailbag and find out what Michael sent us this week. All right, in this question, it ties into pop culture really nicely, and I thought it was a very good question. Which TV character that arrived after the first season made the show they were on infinitely better? 
All right. We love TV. We watch a lot of TV. Um, not every show is cemented right from the beginning. Sometimes characters come in or leave. So who came in after that first season and made it a much better show? Can I ask that instead of us just listing out a bunch of names, I know we all, we have more than one each. Could we each say our pick first and then discuss some other ones? So I, I really want to know who people's final pick was. Before I don't want them to be like, well, this, 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 and this, and this. No, no, no. Let's just hear what your what and we'll hear after that. Who is your number one? I'll just go first. Because I know like because mine's and I didn't go out, like think too much about this, but most recently I would say Patrick from Schitt's Creek. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Just finished watching. There's only there's six seasons of it. I just finished it. Um, is there okay for spoilers or yeah, I don't know? Yeah, yeah. Who's not? Yeah. Um, okay for Cliff. He's seen it. Yeah, we're so, cool. <laughs> Seth, you, unilateral decision. Are you down with it? <laughs> I've tried watching it twice. He's not going to watch it. So, well, anyway, the premises of the show is like a very ridiculous rich family loses all their money and they get put in a podunk town in the hilarious that that happens because of that uh i i argue the last part but go on okay well it, it <laughs> does get better like we tried to watch it once and and now, did you watch it seth till this character that michael pick no, showed up no it's, it's so, see, like, you have not given it a chance michael well, explained to you why it's worth watching after this guy shows up this character, because the David character, which is the son, right? He is gender fluid, and he's very open about that, and he's he's quite flamboyant about the way he acts and mannerism and stuff like that. You see on TV representing of the gay community quite frequently. Where Patrick is this new character introduced that ends up becomes the love of his life, but he's a very straight laced person. Um, he dresses very differently, like very normal that like, and you see their relationship blossom from that of them just meeting and how he interacts and combats with David and how he is. And you see like it, it feels like a real relationship right. that they, in the real world. They complement each other, even though they're very, very different. I feel characters. like I've seen. I'm. I'm not trying to take. Mm -hmm. I don't mean. I don't mean this in a trying to take away from that. I like the sound of this, but I feel like we have seen this in other things. There's often when when the gay characters are depicted, there's a flamboyant one and a more straight laced character that they pair together. Is it, am I wrong? I like Will. Like Will and that flamboyant Grace. <laughs> yeah i guess like no but you know like will and jack they, they always try to i think this is, yeah i think this is a little different though yeah i mean i believe you I'm, a yeah, certain I was, extent, but this like this seemed the most authentic version of this that i've ever seen i guess it's I get you i fail you i'm not you yeah i love he is so trigger happy with the flipping me off it's like i'm not even talking to him or throwing any shade at him i'm talking about something he's like oh they must be talking about me but just you know, i can i can buy that where like it's only been very recently there's been any representation yeah. on tv 
And then it was just sort of the cliche character. And I can see it's taking this long to get to really nuanced, you know, individualistic yeah. characters like that. Yeah, and I think that's what it does. It takes away that cliche. Cl that classic cliche aspect from this relationship and it just shows you a relationship and, and, for and it, go ahead just for it being a comedic show like there was times where chris and i'm watching this like we were like tearing up and in like some of the interactions between them and and just i like it's heartbreaking heartwarming i mean you you run the gamut of like I guess like this showed the emotional side of the show being a, a comedy show and it brought more of the reality drama Realism. type stuff into this comedy. Yeah. No, I didn't think of that, but actually that that's a very, I really like that pick as a, something very recent, something in the, in the pop culture world currently that, you know, has a lot of momentum right now, but yeah, that was a very, uh, important storyline that was really kind of the heart of the show um, for some seasons was even if you didn't like some of the you know we talk about that that Christopher Guest comedy type of stuff the relationship between between those two um, kept you watching I think sometimes so how late is it in the run? Is it still fairly early or is it toward the back end? I think it's the last two seasons. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's like. That would be hard for a character that late. For well, a, I mean. A cast that's already established to make a big difference. And the show's good otherwise leading up to that. But that really solidified the show and made it more, I guess, heartwarming. So yeah. Usually by the end of the seasons, you're getting your cousin Oliver's. <laughs> that, right. That, you're you're not getting better characters. You're getting worse. So that's that's rare. Yeah, and it and it, what it did was it it really gave the story of the show, um, kind of a a, a meaning there instead of just being sitcommy, situational. You know, here oh let's take these oddballs and let's put them in a in an unfamiliar uh, background of this town. It really that really kind of took over almost the show um because really in that show what it comes down to it's about the relationships i was just wondering what your day was looking like i'm not dropping the box okay i know but it would just save me so much distress oh are you in distress yes the whole situation with alexis and ted right now is very awkward and cringy alexis told him she loved him wow well good for her it's it's not easy putting yourself out there like that. Okay, sure. I just think it'll be less awkward for all of us, especially considering Ted now knows that I know that he knows, if you maybe took the box. I'm not taking the box for you, David. I still have to unpack all of these products for Singles Week that you bought. Okay, then I guess I'll just take the box and go then. David? Yeah? Listen to me. Mm -hmm. What you're doing is very brave, mm -hmm. very generous, okay? And I don't want to add more stress to your day, but I love you. Okay, so, so you just said that to me for the first time, knowing that it would make my day more stressful. That's correct. Because you know that I've never said that to anyone else, aside from my parents twice and one time at, at a Mariah Carey concert. I know, yeah. And I don't expect you to say it back to me right now. You say it when you're ready. It just felt right to me in the moment. 
You're my Mariah Carey. Okay. That compliment could bring me to tears, but I'm not gonna let it. So, I would like to thank you for all the wonderful things that you said. Okay. You wanna get me a tea while you're out? I will get you a tea. Um, would you mind just not looking at me while I take this box out of the room? Because I don't want you regretting any of the nice things that you just said to me. Hey, look away, please. Please. That went well. Who wants to go next? Oh, I will. That's fine. Um, I really want to say Jenny Piccolo, but we promised we wouldn't talk about Happy Days. <laughs> that <tonight>. is hilarious. <laughs> I lo- that's the stop right there. We win. <laughs> Release a 10-minute episode. Uh, no happy days tonight. We <laughs> hashtag no happy date. Um, mine, I had three that came to mind fast, and I stopped thinking about them because I couldn't think of it through any three better. But my number one would have to be, I've talked about it before, so I won't drone on, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when Spike shows up in the second season. Uh, he kind of turned the show into what it was. So the first season, there's some ups and downs, but it's very, you know, the villain is the master. And there's this prophecy that is foretold. And the chosen one is anointed. And it's all this vampire lore. And it's fun and it's fine. And it's it's zippy and fun. But then season two, in walks the vampire Spike as the villain. He's like, we're not doing any of this. And he literally throws the anointed one out into the sun and kills him. It's like, we're going to have some fun now. And from that moment on, it became Buffy. So uh, to me, season two, Spike the Vampire, that's that's uh, the biggest impact on a show that I love. So, I mean, it's interesting to me to hear, I didn't watch Buffy. I mean, I, yeah, I saw random episodes here or there, but I missed the boat on it. And... uh so both of those shows, I haven't seen that, and it's—I always thought Spike just looked like a, like the le- That is the last character I would be interested in. Just one look at that guy with the bleached hair and stuff. I was like, I want nothing to do. It made me not want to watch that show. Seeing that character, I can see that, and there is a little bit of that, like, oh look, it's the cool vampire, but he has so much personality, and he's on it till the end. He's on Angel, the spinoff, till the end. Yeah. And they go th- like every character on that show, they go through a whole lot of changes. Nobody ends the shows where they started. So yeah, Spike definitely has a journey to take and he is more than just the cool Billy Idol looking uh, vampire mm-hmm. punk. I'll go next. I don't know if I'm a step on cliff or not, but I, this happened to uh, cross my mind recently. Um, before the subject even came up, I, I, it, it was, I was already like thinking, man, we need to do a TV character list just because I think how much this character uh, helped the show at the time. But I was, uh, I've been listening to the Office Ladies podcast. I still listen to it. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm a few episodes behind, but they're in the third season. And when they... That's it. Uh, That's the ticket. And, and when they have the other offices where Jim went to work and you get Andy Bernard joins the show, I, 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 I just, that character without that piece, 
coming in season three. I don't, I, I, I really don't feel like the show sustains. Uh, he's so good. One of the biggest um, improvisers on the show. Uh, just the, yeah. to hear him interviewed now on these podcasts covering the show. Just like, what an amazing character when Andy Bernard comes to the show. I, he, I just. He was such an amazing character. Like you said, he wasn't supposed to stick around. He was sp- going to be just in a few episodes, but he was so good. They, they, they kept him. Um, right. and, and he, and he's good for a lot of reasons. You know, he, he becomes at first, he's kind of the, when Jim's in, uh, He's Stanford. supposed to be the Dwight. He's he, like, he becomes the, the Dwight character. You know, somebody for Jim to mess with. Yeah. And then when he comes to... When they come back to Scranton, you know, he, he becomes the nemesis for Dwight. And they go back and forth for, you know, a lot of different episodes. But then, yeah, I mean, he 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 serves a lot of purposes. It's interesting because that, that was my pick also. Um, you did it. You ruined <laughs> we, it. We did I, it. I uh, I've been watching the infamous season eight uh, here lately, mm. and which is not really you know that's always considered the worst season of The Office. I, I I've never even noticed that. I people say those later seasons they don't like or whatever. I think it says I like the show is great from beginning to end. Yeah, well, it's definitely not the strongest point. You can tell there's been what it was the eighth. What's the eighth season? That's when um you get we get Robert California and then oh, Andy yeah, yeah. Andy becomes the manager. Yeah. And then it's this real awkward Sailboat thing with stuff. Aaron and yeah. 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 So as a whole, yeah, I I, I that's definitely my pick and I, I and that was the reason why. Like he I it, he just brought so much. Yeah. Really did, did to so do. Well. Like I the yeah. the whole thing, just that I had recently they talked about the whole uh, Rock and Robin stuff, you know, mm-hmm. this phone up at the ceiling, just him doing all the acapella and the banjo, just totally unaware, the unawareness of that character and the being a suck up and everything. Just right, he it, he's amazing. He's got a new show uh, that they're making, which I thought was an interesting take of a character. We'll talk about it another time, but anyway, I just think he's he's great. Yeah, you, know, you you crapped on Spike, so I'm gonna crap on Andy. I <laughs> never really warmed him. He was he is way down my list of favorite characters on that show. Wow. See, I think that's what's interesting. I think he's one of the best. On uh, that's what's interesting because he can go from being like, I I'll go from this I love him to oh my god, this is the most cringy guy. I can't, I can't believe, you know, like anybody would fall for his, you know, his, uh, personality mirroring and, mm. and being such with, the suck up and without the charm of Steve Carell to pull it off of doing something super cringy, but oh, you still kind of like him and Him I, playing I have, off of, off of Steve where Steve is suddenly like Steve has to change who his character is. Because this guy's there kissing his butt. Now he's like, I don't know if I want that anymore. You know, because I was trying to be cool boss, you know, like I'm everything. And now you're like way too much. 
And it, you know, I'm sorry that I offended you with my friendship. Right. And, and they do such a, I, it's the back and forth, you know, the complexity of it, because they do such a good job of, of going from that to then he's kind of this lovable guy and you love the singing and all that. Like it's cute, but then they, you know, when, um, uh, when Idris Elba comes, comes in and then he does the exact, he, he it's, ex, he's right back mm. into it. He's this total suck up, uh, cringy, you know, a guy, everybody would hate in the office character again. And you're like, Oh, there he is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I I could see obviously him being not likable. Yeah, but I haven't I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it. But just sitting here thinking, I think it be- is because I preferred kind of the mundane early seasons that were really grounded, mm. and everything mm-hmm. was. I you know I th- I still think the American version is better than the British, but it still had that feel a little bit. And then when Andy shows up, he's almost like a cartoon character. So for me, he didn't quite. It. and by the end everybody's a cartoon character everything's really big and the plots are more wild but i think maybe that he kind of upset the naturalistic feel that i liked in the early seasons but i'm not saying i dislike yeah. the character he's mm. still hilarious but it's just not he didn't i still kind of thought of him as like oh the new guy you know he was on the show for what, seven seasons or whatever but he still kind of felt like a, a leader addition that never quite fit for me i i think it's the um without a doubt seasons one through five are the best television i've ever seen yeah 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 after that it it does go downhill there's no doubt about that um and and a lot of that is the writing and and like you said the plots they're out of the office um they're bringing in you know a lot more there's still so much in those later not to just go off on the office but there's still so much (laughs) greatness in those later seasons that i mean the wedding and the, yeah Niagara and just episodes, like so, yeah. so much in there that some of my favorite television i've ever seen yeah. so i i will i refuse to discount the later season but i i still think that i i don't think the show is what it is without that character no. and I, and and I, I i had a feeling that there was potential he was your your yeah. your number one which is why you went there <laughs> no, but actually i was giving him a chance to go before me but yeah, he never did no. but I, I i i was stuck on that i bet a couple weeks ago i thought before we even did this i was like i want to talk about characters just because of this guy he was so good so, so do I'll, you do you have a plan B? Yeah, Cliff, let me, do you have like Plop or somebody you want to throw out as like your second runner? Clark, Clark. Um, let me. I'll, I'll just throw. I'll throw out uh, another name. Um, I've, I have several here, but Fraser Crane. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. And, and really, I I could almost say you know I could say Woody from yeah. Cheers. I could say Fraser from Cheers. Um, it, I don't want to say curse the alley. Yeah, no, I don't want to say. <laughs> but but Fraser being, um, you know, just this boyfriend character you weren't supposed to like, mm. to be coming in and into such a a, a timeless uh, one of the best cast on one of the best shows ever, for him to come in and make such a huge impact and become um, a staple and so likable that they give him his own show that goes on for years and years and years. And, and he sustains the character 
the character. I, I, I take it you are a Frasier fan, like the show Frasier. Yeah, I, like I, Frasier, I think it's yeah. one. I think it's one of the best shows. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> I I love Frasier the show. Yeah, like, I've yeah. watched it on a loop at lunch at work for <laughs> fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's another great pick. Um, so you know, real quickly. We talked a lot about Andy, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's to take that character and get two hit shows out of it. Mm. I mean, even though cheers, he wasn't the central character, but I mean, he was, you know, a main character. So. Yeah. My, I, I would, the other ones that kind of stuck out to me, you know, just looking more, uh, out of my, from my favorite show, you know, uh, Saul, Saul Goodman and Mike Armantrout, you know, they, that, that show isn't what it is without both of them. It's amazing that they, you know, I, I guess I think as I wonder if they, uh, I, I think I'm sure Saul was in the second season. Mike probably came in the third. Um, I'm not positive about that, but I know the first season was only like six or seven episodes. So it's easy yeah. for them. To have come That's another one. I feel like Saul was probably just supposed to be in a couple episodes. Yeah. And he was so good and show, so yeah. central that they had to keep bringing him back. Well, I had a couple other uh, third season entries. Um, Newman from Seinfeld, mm-hmm. Wayne Knight. And then um, uh, also, we can't forget, come on guys, Dr. Curdle Jr. <laughs> First oh my God. Every, I never even we thought of Riverdale. We could have done a whole breakdown of all first, the first appearance, first chapter thirty-seven, colon, fortune and men's eyes. Oh my gosh! When Doctor Curdle, Doctor Curdle Senior, I I submit lug nut. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure somebody was going to bring up baby teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That when, show is too far out of our minds. It, it should never be this far from our thoughts. That's true. So yeah, Doctor uh, Curdle Jr. takes over the uh, the uh, the role yeah. from Doctor Curdle Senior after his character passes away. And uh, who else is Betty and Jughead going to go to to get a? Uh, Did Doctor Curdle Jr. have to inter his own father? That's a good question. Mm, that's a that been a good episode. Yeah. Riverdale only has one, so I'm sure he had to do it. Uh, do you guys have any honorable mentions? Brienne of Tarth. Michael, any any other ones for you? Uh, Jefferson from Married with Children. Okay. Oh, Ted yeah. McGinley. Yes. yes. Yeah, also, you want to add him to your Jenny Piccolo <laughs> list? No, he did not help the show. Sorry. <laughs> No, that that I like that though. Michael's thinking out of the box here. That was a I loved Married with Children growing up. I never was, missed it. And yeah, that was while over at Seth's house they were watching G-rated stuff. Over at my house was all Fox Living Color, Married with Children. All Fox all the time at my house. And I was gonna say how 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 things have changed. <laughs> yeah. Slippity flop. Back when Fox was a TV network only. <laughs> Uh, my other two, I uh, had to go with Parks and Recreation when Ben Wyatt and Chris Traeger came in as the city managers. People, we are here from the state budget office from Indianapolis. Ooh, 
What does that mean? Look, <laughs> simply, we are here to tinker with your budget. Think of the government as a broken down carousel. We're going to slap on a new coat of paint. We are going to fix that broken speaker system. And we are going to get those happy kids back up on the horses where they belong. Okay? Yeah. Okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's okay. not bad. There is. <laughs> My uh, partner Ben is going to stick around for a little bit, and I will see y'all later. Adios. Do you have a second? I really like your shirt. So I'd like to talk about where you think there's waste within your department. <laughs> where there do I start? None. What exactly will you be cutting? And how much of it? And can I watch you do it while eating pork cracklins? Okay, let's start with personnel. Um, what can you tell me about Jerry Gergich? Because mm-hmm. that show, the first season did not quite know what it was. It was kind of trying to be the office and the tone wasn't quite there. So if I ever do catch a rerun and see Mark Brandanowitz, I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot that. Like that show would not have become what it was with that guy on it. So, so he might be a wonderful person and a great actor, but his character was not. I don't gonna, know who gonna, that is. In that first season, he was like, he was like the Jim who kind of rolled his eyes at everything. He was the everyman that oh. all the craziness was going on. And like, he had no personality whatsoever. Right. He did not fit. So when they brought in Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe mm-hmm. and ben. Adam Scott, Adam Scott. Scott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two comedic, greats and just really helped launch that show into the high gear and then my other one i had to go with frank reynolds on it's always sunny in philadelphia i was wondering to bring that one up another show the first season didn't quite know what it was it was these four horrible people in philadelphia and then it wasn't until the second season they bring in danny devito and they become the five worst people in Philadelphia. So he, it goes from them having some, you know, they just, it was a Seinfeldian sort of, oh, these people are just kind of rude and crude. And then the second season, his famous quote is, I don't know how much time I got left, so I'm just going to get real weird with it. So mm-hmm. see, again, season two, just the depravity of Frank's character changes the whole show. And DeVito, I get talking about comedic geniuses, I, I love re-watching that. It's my favorite show to re-watch. Because you watch it once, and you catch all the jokes, and it's funny. When you re-watch it, and you know what's going on, you just always watch Danny DeVito. Whatever he's doing in the background, whatever faces he's making, he is always just like, he's always kind of lost and befuddled and doesn't quite know what's going on. And he, he has the funniest reactions to stuff. He's, he's amazing in the role. And again, just kind of, what that show became, I don't think it becomes that without him. Plus, he's the big name that got people to watch because they were four no names at the beginning. So DeVito was a star to help even get the thing uh, renewed and keep keep it on the air as it. This kind of is. I I I already feel like I don't. I'm that show has so many episodes that I've totally missed the boat. And now you're telling me I have to watch it twice. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets better twice. You'll love it. It's worth it. <laughs> hey, we got to have something when The Office leaves Netflix here at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that turned. I knew we this did was, it. Yeah, Let's I knew it was going to be some some good stuff. So I'm glad we waited and uh, and put some thought into it. Yeah. All right. 
Let's talk about some shows. <laughs> I guess. Don't twist my arm if we have to talk about TV. What in the good Lord is going on? Nothing. Them just some fellas I play car pranks with. The worst thing about prison was the was the Dementors. Nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's gonna die. There are no strings on me. So if you want to make more money and uh, keep the money that you make, better call Saul. He looks like a panda and a Disney princess had a baby. Somebody royally forked up. Somebody forked up. Randall! Okay, I see you, Randall! First I thought you and the others were gods. Then I realized you're just men. And I know men. You guys... Look at my dirty girl. Roll on snare drum. Curtain. Good job. Okay, now I want to do a segment here covering what I watched on Apple TV Plus the last couple weeks. So I'm just going to. Your free, your free trial's over? Are you paying? Yeah, I, I actually got a month. Because uh, there's a show that isn't over that I want to finish. But I will just tell you the different shows that I watched on there. I We did cover Ted Lasso a few weeks ago. I mentioned yeah. Ted Lasso and said, it's great. And it you know definitely recommend that show as a feel-good show. Excuse me. But there were uh, several other things I watched on there. I watched The Morning Show. I love was, we really like that. Yeah, I thought, it, and it got mixed reviews. It was uh, it's it was Steve Carell, well Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Mark Duplass. Um, none of them are the ones that won an award. Who was the guy that won the award? He, um, Billy he, he played Doctor Manhattan. Billy Crudup. Yeah, that he, was uh, the whole reason why we got Apple TV in the first place because Christy wanted to watch that show so bad. I that, that. that was the one they advertised when the when the yeah. streaming service was coming out. Yeah, and I thought it was really good. I real I, I enjoyed the first season. It was a it's a they have a the Today Show type thing, and there is a Matt Lauer type um, event. You know, but basically there's a uh, you know, sexual problem with Steve Carell's character, and they deal with that throughout the the show, and it's all about making this show and dealing with that and all. And I I thought it was really good. I can't wait for the second season. Did he kind send the email? Did he send the email with a picture of Jan in it? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. It looked really photoshopped, but it, it still it got the job done. They passed around the warehouse. It was a whole deal. <laughs> Um. Anyway, I thought that was good. I watched a show, a Charlie Day show, that is on there. He's not in it, but I he was the showrunner, I believe. Oh. Um, called Mythic Quest. Oh, I heard about that one. Yeah, it's uh they've had one season of that. What is the? I don't know the guy's name. That's in Always Sunny. That's the guy that was buff and fat and buff and whatever. Rob McElhaney. Okay, he is the. It's about a video game company called it's Mythic Quest. It's very like, you know, just an online MMO. 
where you know you know they're running this game they they've it's like the second season of the game or whatever they've added things uh gosh i don't know that one girl's name but um plays the character poppy i like her all the characters are good um it's i don't know what to compare it to i guess it has a little feel of community danny pooty is in it um it's good it's got f what's his name abraham f murray abraham is that his name and it, i think that's his name um he like writes the 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 cut scenes it, it's just like the behind the scenes of a video game and that main guy that you named is pretty funny as he's very always sunny just like oblivious and you know always thinks everything he's doing is right and he's just um uh, Poppy is Australian actress Charlotte McDowell. Yes, I can't remember whether I saw her in anything before, but she's she's excellent in this. They all are really good. Ashley Birch plays a uh, video game tester with this other girl. There's it's it's silly and a little over the top, but I really enjoyed it. As someone who plays video games, you know, it's nice to see this uh, made up world where they're making one and dropping uh expansions to the game that are silly and trying to corral nazis into certain places like into their dome so they can fight each other we'll call that um uh, the, the only clip or two i saw i it, I, I only thought of silicon valley maybe as it, yeah a, it has that feel that kind of- it definitely has that feel it's yeah. a very good comparison thank you um <laughs> <laughs> i knew i was thinking of something uh i saw a couple movies on there that we watched one was greyhound uh tom hanks movie released directly to apple tv plus where he is a first-time captain leading a convoy of alloyed ships in world war ii yes that's tom hanks's thing is world war ii and they're going up against a bunch of Nazi U-boats without any air support for like five days. And it is the daddiest of dad movies ever as far as just boom, right away. We're going to be praying and fighting some freaking Nazis. And it's totally fine. It's not very great. And I'm, I think it would have really if they'd have released that in theaters it would have been a big failure i think it was not good enough for theaters but um i i think once before i did the segment where i gave nick's review i'm going to give nick's review of uh greyhound he uh he wrote would have been a lot cooler if at the end the ships turned out to be transformers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. hey greyhound would be a good name for a transformer it really would it really <laughs> would be a triple changer yes okay the the other uh a documentary i watched on apple, apple tv plus which i want to say how it works by the way you can get a free week signing up right now there's only so many ways that you can there's only so many devices that have the app for apple tv um a lot of times they I think there used to be like a box that you bought an Apple TV box, mm-hmm. but now smart TVs sometimes have it. 
Uh, Roku TV Roku, supports yeah. it. Google TV supports it. Okay. PlayStation will be getting it starting when the PS5 comes out next month. Uh, but currently, you have to use a Roku or pro- possibly an Xbox. I don't know if they have it or not, but it, I'm just using my computer and hooking it up with HDMI cable. I'm just saying, if you want to access it, it's possible. It's becoming more accessible. You can get a week for free and watch a lot of this stuff for $5 a month. It's not bad. They had but, a show, show on there that was um, by the creative team that does Bob's Burgers, which I love. It, but it's a musical. Like they I, I've couldn't... scrolled by it. I haven't watched it, but I do know what you're talking about. We just about. watched one episode and we couldn't get into it because they're just singing through the whole show. And You you have Apple TV? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you still have it. I mean, yeah, I don't know whether you're it. subscribing to it or not. Um, still with the original email. Boys State <laughs> documentary. <laughs> with the original email. Um, Boys State documentary. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this. This is where... Um, it isn't always just boys, but it is in this documentary. Sometimes they're co-ed. Um, but in Texas, they do a thing each year called Boys State where a bunch of, it's like a camp for a week and they do a, like a mock uh, um, election, a mock I feel like government. Justin, my brother, participated in something like that. That sounds very realistic to me. I mean, he got to go to space camp. So, so if I he think went to space he also camp, did boys. He space. sure as hell had to hold office. <laughs> but older it, brothers get all the breaks. Oh, mm, real birthdays singing. and everything. <laughs> yeah, multiple birthdays. Is it his second birthday yet? Um. But what they do is they take all these in this documentary anyway, they're in Texas. Okay, so first off, it's Texas. Have I made that clear? So, you know, apply whatever you want to that. But you have a ton of masculinity all in one place, and they separate them randomly into two political parties uh, that don't apply anything to this. But one is called the Federalists, and one is the Nationalists. But they're just called that. There's no Republican or Democrat. They're split that way. And then they form their policies and how they will elect leaders. Some people run for governor, um, things like that. You have to get so many signatures to do that. You wa- you follow certain characters. Some of them are just like super broy. Some of them are very Ben Shapiro. Some of them are very... Um, just Democrats, you know, very liberal, you know, and on and on. I mean, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. It started out, I was like becoming depressed rapidly. And as it proceeded, I, I, you know, got a little hope for the future. So if, if you have an opportunity to watch Boys State, that is highly recommended. Um, the last thing I was going to say that I watched on there that I kept the let it renew for because I want to finish this series. There was a series in 2004 and then again in 2007 with Ewan McGregor and a friend, his best friend where they rode motor- motorcycles called Long Way Around. 
Uh, I think they rode through Europe and then long way down, they rode in Africa. Um, and now 13 years after that one and motorcycle, many motorcycle crashes later, they've come back to do long way up where they travel from the tip of Argentina and South America up to Los, a Los Angeles. It's like a 15,000 mile trip and they're doing it on electric bikes this time. Um, very prototype early production bikes and trucks um it's kind of crazy through the worst conditions and with they're so likable you mcgregor is just so likable it's so i just love it i love watching the show these guys traveling riding these bikes i would love to do like a cross-country motorcycle trip i uh, got my motorcycle license years ago but i just haven't ever had the opportunity to do anything other than daydream about something like this it would never be anything as extreme as what these guys are doing but it's so much fun to watch them deal with the problems of this trip and enjoy it so i love it is love that it. why you're trying to get fired yeah so i can become a nomad uh no more uh i'm so losing my country it depends how the election goes i'm gonna become nomad and then the captain it's a whole thing I'm just gonna get on my motorcycle, put my shield on my back. Weird. Uh, I got a guy or trying to talk me into doing this. He's like, "Let's go." <laughs> uh, anyway, that was Apple TV Plus. I I found a lot of stuff. There's a ton more stuff on there. I know Kamal Nanjiani uh, had a Little America that got some buzz at one point. That I've seen advertised a lot about immigrants to our country and just looked at from different perspectives, but there's a ton of stuff on there to look at for five bucks a month. It's definitely worth checking out for a couple of months. Yeah. It's rather cheap for a streaming service. Yeah. I, th I think we're getting to the point where they have to be. Yeah. So what have you been watching, Michael? Uh, well, like we've been watching Shit's Creek almost every day when I come home from work, that's pretty much what, it's yeah. been the go-to show that both can watch. Um, I actually usually fall asleep to it, and the next morning, Cherry plays the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that show, I will say, that is one of those shows that I've actually laughed out loud at. Like, I find extremely entertaining. Yeah. Um, I which really I'm completely, completely surprised by it, because, like I said, we first watched it, like, an episode or two, and just were not into it at all. But, I mean, they did a good job developing it as it went on. Um, and then there's something else. We, I don't know. Someone else speak. Well, I'm going to make a recommendation. And I made it to you guys briefly. I doubt anybody actually watched it. But Netflix dropped The Cabin with Burt Kreischer. I feel like Mary Tyler Moore. Is this a slimming angle for me? My buddies are coming up to hang out with me today. My name's Bert Kreischer. I'm a father, a husband, and a stand-up comedian. And I jam way too much into my days. My lifestyle is so chaotic. What's up, Bert? You look like shit, man. I'll take some time away. Go to the wilderness. It's a nice cabin you got. Beautiful, isn't it? A bunch of orgies probably happened here. Dad, are you in rehab? No, I'm not in rehab. <laughs> Guys, thank you for coming up here. Out of all the activities we did today, what do you think is your favorite? 
lot of impurities in me. You gotta get them out. How do you say bullseye in Espanol? I personally, everything he he comes out with on Netflix, I know it's a lot of the same stuff, and it all kind of has the same feel. But something about him, I think it's it's that that giggling he, he, laugh he has just does it for me. Like this, the is this guy? He's the stand up comedian. Yeah, this he's the he, guy that takes his shirt off on stage. Is that, yeah, he, he's okay. the guy. That I, always, I I have not watched any of his stuff, so I. I'm I'm in the dark. Yeah, I don't know anything about him other than he takes his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he got uh he became famous ish years ago when he was in college. He was in college for like eight years at Florida State and play I think it was either Playboy or maybe it was Rolling Stone did an article. They did a contest of like the biggest partiers in college in in the country. And like he he like won that. And, um, he, 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 he's does outrageous things. He just, nothing is off limits typically with him. Um, but he, he, he's a family guy too. He's, he's married to just, you know, uh, a non-famous person. He has a couple kids. He talks about his, his daughters a lot in his stand-up act. I find the guy hilarious. Um, he, his road to stardom was through, he, he has this story called the machine about when he went to Russia, Michael's probably seen the clip of it. Yeah, I have. That's pretty funny. Yeah. When he was in college, he somehow ended up on a, uh, he ended up on a trip to Russia and befriended the, the Russian mob. Um, it's, it's a whole thing. It's one of the best comedy routines I've ever seen. He still does it because there's just, he has to be sick of it, but there's such demand. He's had some shows on the travel channel for a few times. He has a big podcast, um, that he does now. He's friends with, uh, really good friends with like Tom Zagura, um, who also has a podcast, um, called, uh, in your mom's house and, uh, with his wife and he's big in that circle of comics. But anyways, the premise of the show is he, he works so much. He travels so much and he has this hard partying, partying lifestyle that he tells his wife, he, you know, they're concerned about his health. So he tells her he's going to go into the woods, um, rent a cabin up in above Malibu and just chill out. Um, and, and kind of, you know, detox and do some spa treatments and stuff. But he says, well, I can't be by myself um, just because I'm OCD and neurotic and and can't face, you know, reality. So he starts, he invites each episode, he invites a couple of his uh, famous friends, more or less. And he puts, he doesn't really tell them what the show's about other than it's in a cabin up in the woods. Um, there's some therapy type issues going on. And then he just puts them in ridiculous situations. It's really odd pairings. The first episode is um, Tom Zagura and Joey Diaz. It, it was really funny. Um, Tom and, and Bert together are great. But then the second episode is uh, Nikki Glazier, a comedian. Um, if you watch Conan, she's been on Conan a lot. She has a podcast. Um, and they, he pairs her up with Caitlyn Jenner. They've never met before. 
and he brings him up into the woods and it's the, it's an amazing episode. Um, talking, they become quick, quick friends and like exchange numbers. And, and, you know, Bert's kind of like left. He's kind of the, the side piece in the episode, but, but it's really interesting. Um, he gets to talking about Caitlyn Jenner and the, and the 76 Olympics and all that. And he, he's telling her his experience growing up. He wasn't old enough, but his dad was uh, ran track in college and was a huge fan of Bruce Jenner. And that was kind of his moment. So he does this. Um, he FaceTimes his dad and, uh, you know, is just talking to him, doesn't tell him. And then it's like, hey, dad, uh, Caitlyn Jenner's right here. You want to, you know, if you want to talk to her and, you know, here's his his senior citizen dad. And he's talking to Caitlyn Jenner and just expressing what a big fan he is and how important that was to him and uh, kind of asked like a, a track uh, question in it. And then, you know, that's it. And it was nice to meet you and all thanks. And then he hangs up and Bert's just sitting there and he immediately is emotional. He's like, I need a minute. That's the first time I've ever talked. I've heard my dad talk to somebody about like that and, you know, how important that was that he was able to introduce his dad to his hero. So it has little moments in that, in, in all the, you know, the hijinks, um, the spa treatments that are always outrageous and anim- coffee enemas and, um, Russian spas. And <laughs> it's crazy stuff. There's a lot of male nudity <laughs> that you trust me. You do not want to see. Um, and then there's another episode. I, I if you're going to watch them, watch that one and watch the one with Bobby Lee and Donnell. How did they not, how did they not name this comedians and cabins getting coffee? Out of them? <laughs> <laughs> right. But there, the, uh, the other great episode <laughs> is with Bobby Lee from the used to be on mad TV and Bobby Lee. Of course, if you know him, he's outrageous too. So they get Bobby Lee and Bert together <laughs> and along with, you know, <laughs> along with Donnell Rawlings and Donnell was just, he does not want to be there. He didn't know what he was getting into. And this is, they're doing uh, different spa treatments, but it gets really, uh, the heart of the show is talking about issues they have, you know, they're, they're, t- they, they're making jokes and making comedy to Alba, but there's some really good moments like that where they're talking about, you know, Donnell's talking about, he didn't, his dad spent most of his night, uh, life in prison when he was growing up. And, you know, that's just the way it was. I don't, you know, things he had going on there. And Bobby Lee is, he's talking about how his dad, you know, beat the crap out of him, uh, anytime, you know, and he would be punished for anything, any disappointment he did. So there's some real serious stuff in there. But the comedy that is there is great. Um, it's just a everything Burt Kreischer does. I immediately watch on Netflix. He's got a couple different specials out there, so I'll recommend that to you guys. I'll recommend it to the listener. You know, it might not be for everybody, but I think there's I think there's something there in season one. It's only five episodes, season one. Um, some of the other cast. Uh, he's got Joel McHale. Kaylee Kuko, or is it Kuko or Coco? Anyways, from the Big Bang Theory, she does an episode. There's a the last episode has uh, Kuko's in Cabin's Kenny. 
<laughs> the last episode has Anthony Anderson and um, uh, Dion. I can't remember. He's he's on Blackish with him. Um, but they do an episode, the last episode of the season, and it's some really good stuff. Talking about Anthony Anderson, I really like him, and he's talking about growing up in Compton, and they're out in the woods, and then he takes them, um, they're doing uh, this beekeeping experience. And so there's a there's a lot of humor there. Um, I don't want to spoil too much about it. But yeah, it just, man... If you want something funny to watch, lighten up your day. You'll, if you're, you'll be like me, and you'll start with with an. I'll give an episode a try, and then you'll sit there and binge the all five episodes in in one evening. Okay, now that you've talked, I remember what I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go this really quick. Um, I've been watching Hollywood on uh, Netflix. Um, I watched a couple episodes. It's interesting. Uh, it seems to be based on the real events of early Hollywood. They throw some names around. and um, It's interesting of that old-timey um, Hollywood era, but pulling the uh, rosy glasses off and seeing the, the dirty part of it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not very far into it. Yeah, um, I think that's the premise of it is it, it's, you know, it looks like the hollow the it's supposed to be the hollywood that existed in our minds yeah the golden age i do like the opening credits it shows all the actors like climbing the hollywood sign like trying to make it and I, I think that's really cool um i guess i've been bouncing around because the other things i've been watching is mostly cartoons like uh i bought the first season of the real ghostbusters um <laughs> and off of on amazon and it's actually for as old as it is it does have some small hidden gems that are actually pretty decent um other times they recycle the plots a little too much but um and then for my birthday i bought myself the original teenage mutant ninja turtles um complete series so I, I started coming back and like, this is stuff like I put on the background, like when I'm drawing and, and working on stuff. So I've been listening to that and some Thundercats, but on a slight diverted path, something that you brought up reminded me of a podcast. I know it's not TV, <laughs> but I have to mention it because it's so good. Um, it's called Son of a Hitman. It's on Spotify. It's a very limited pot. Like it's not very long. I think it's like 10 episodes but it's all about Woody Harrelson's father that was been in prison for murder. And this guy trying to fill up, figure out the real story behind of what actually happened. And I mean, it goes down some very crazy paths and I mean, it's very entertaining. Just like all this stuff supposedly happened and what he may or may not have been tied into. Uh, it, It was very interesting. And then the other one is, uh, like I told Jordan about, there is a Ohio-based podcast called Cryptic that's about the cryptids in Ohio. And, mm-hmm. and it's a, about this brother and sister team that go around investigating this. They were raised by their father that has done, that he has passed away and they're continuing the tradition. And no, wait, they're, these children were raised by their father? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> It's uh, it's supernatural for Appalachia. 
Well, I mean, like they were raised in this type of scene by their father in the cryptic scene, um, knowing all the stuff that people don't know about, and they're continuing. Like what? Like what do we know about? Like the grass, grass man, Sasquatch. There's something to do with melon heads. Like it's what I liked about it is it actually brought up things in Ohio, like yeah. five bridges, Zanesville, Akron. It's it's referencing all these places, like. There's some way that you have to do this five bridge loop that takes you to this special place that where you meet the they haven't they haven't told you exactly what they are yet, but they the, as kids they did this and they called them the melon heads. I don't know yeah. what they are. Do you guys know about the melon heads? I'm listening. <laughs> I remember I looked this up. I, you have to take a five bridge loop to meet the melon heads. Go yeah. on. In a certain way. In a certain way, it's a crazy okay. story. That I remember, mm. I, I had to look it up one time. But like they're visiting their um, crazy uncle in one of the episodes, and a whole family of Sasquatch come up and is communicating with him, and they're angry. and And for some reason, the brother can't remember the name of his wife, Aaron, throughout the whole. Like, there's only one season of it right now. I think they're working on season two but like you don't know why he can't remember the name of his uh wife like every episode is brought up like your wife and he's like who and she's like aaron and then there's something to do with the the sister where she's like aged her she doesn't like looking in the mirror so there's all these little tidbits of but it goes in and out of like them doing the show like they're doing the show uh, talking to listeners of what they've seen and gone investigating, and then it goes back to them actually going out and investigating these things back and forth. If I ever listen to other podcasts, that sounds right up my alley. Yeah. You don't listen to other podcasts? I don't listen to podcasts. Who would do that? He only listens to ours because we make him write the show notes. <laughs> What's a melon head? Yeah, what is a melon head? Please tell me the story. I, I don't. It had something. I'm gonna to have do to with, look this up now. They were like kids that that grew up, um, um, near five bridges. No, I was thinking like in in like the woods. Mm. It was a family of kids, and then they, you know, all inbred, and it was a it was a whole thing. I I I don't remember where I heard it from. But I remember, Somewhere in there, I heard about a family of Sasquatches. There's Grassman. Oh, they do not investigate the Mothman for some reason. I don't know. There's there's some bad blood there. <laughs> Got bad they blood. Don't cross, that's the one bridge they don't cross. <laughs> Here it is. Yes. Okay. The Melonhead oh, yes. stories of Ohio are primarily associated with the Cleveland suburb of Kirtland. According to local lore, the Melonheads were originally orphans under the watch of a mysterious figure known as Dr. Crow. Crow is said to have performed unusual experiments on the children who developed large, hairless heads and malformed bodies. Some accounts claim that the children were already suffering from hydro... Yes, go, ahead. go ahead, pronounce that word. Hy- hydrocephalus. 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 And the crow injected even more fluid into their brains. Eventually, yeah, water the, on the brain. Yeah, eventually the legend continues. The children 
killed Crow, burned the orphanage, and retreated into the surrounding forest and supposedly feed on babies. Legend holds that the melon heads may be sighted along Wisner Road in Kirtland and Chardon Township. The melon head legend has been popularized on the internet, particularly on websites Creepy Cleveland, Dead Ohio, where users offer, offer their own versions of the story. So there was a movie called Legend of the Melon Heads released in 2010. <laughs> Based on this story. <laughs> well, now Take we need to off, stop buddy. and go listen to that other podcast because that sounds way more interesting than anything we've ever done. <laughs> Take, it's your, hat. Take your hat off, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know how to segue out of that because Michael just swerved and went yeah. to cartoons, the podcasts, the dramas, the comedies. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out uh, some horror stuff since it's, we're recording. It's right around mm. Halloween time. Uh, I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, AMC has Eli Roth's History of Horror back for mm. season two. So Eli Roth is a director with a lot of famous friends. So he gets he gets a lot of people in to talk about horror movies. Uh, the first season was pretty good. Um, this one, there's been a couple episodes out so far. The first episode was called Hell Houses. So it was about haunted house movies or like people moving to houses where bad stuff happens. Uh, the second episode was Monsters. So it was about King Kong and all the, the kaiju stories and they did the thing. Um, and then the third episode is Body Horror. So it's uh, sort of the creepy you know, Hellraiser and all the, the horrible things that happen uh, in horror movies. But uh, so this is AMC always has their Fear Fest every year where they play a bunch of horror movies and, and shows like this. But I, I, I does anyone does anyone check out AMC Plus, the streaming service like everyone has? Mm-mm. So I, just stick a plus on the end and it's now a streaming service. Um, but I they have the AMC app, but I didn't know it was plus or whatever. Yeah, they have all the AMC shows, the IFC shows, uh, the Sundance Channel stuff, and they incorporated Shudder, which was it, it was its own like the horror app. So AMC Plus now has all the Shudder. I don't know if it's all the stuff, but it has several of the Shudder things. So a Shudder show was called Cursed Films. So AMC has been showing that as well. I think it came out last year on the app, and now it's just AMC's playing it. And it's about famous movies uh, that are said to be cursed. The first, they've done two episodes so far. The first one was Poltergeist, the famous story about using actual human skeletons in the pool scene and all the several deaths that happened uh, after the, the series had people, they said that was cursed. And the second one was The, the Crow. And that was a really interesting episode. Uh, they had a Hollywood stuntman go through exactly what happened with the gun that killed Brandon Lee and how one little missed detail and it was lethal and it just and it just you know bad bad news uh, but i watched i didn't know anything about the shutter amc deal when i watched uh the creep show season one they aired all the episodes on amc uh they brought back the famous horror anthology series creep show and they aired it over the summer um, it was six episodes long. 
So each episode was two shorts. So there are 12 shorts in total in this first season. And every episode, it was framed like a comic book. You would see the cover of a comic, and then you know the, the famous creep, the monster would reach in with his hand and open it, and you know it. So each story was made to look like a comic book. But uh, Greg Nicotero is the showrunner for that, who is the famous Hollywood makeup guy and Walking Dead uh, you know, director and producer on Walking Dead. And it just adapted a bunch of little short horror stories. There's some, like, a Stephen King book, a Joe Hill story, Joe R. Lansdale, and some original stuff. And there were each one, like, there was some good stuff and there was some really bad stuff. So it was kind of a mixed bag. But there were, I enjoyed it more than I didn't. There were some that were just really generic and forgettable. Uh, stars included uh, Giancarlo Esposito, Adrian Barbeau, Tobin Bell, DJ Qualls, David Arquette, Trisha Helfer, and Big Boy from Outcast, as I'm sure he saw Andre 3000 was acting in that other AMC show, and he probably got jealous. He's like, I got to be on TV too. So Big Boy was around. Um, the my favorite episode of Precious, it, Precious Big Boy, Big Boy, B O I. <laughs> uh, my favorite episode. It was called the House of the Head. Like the head of the house, but it was the house of the head. And it, it started uh, Kaylee Fleming, who was the young girl. She plays Judith on The Walking Dead. And she was the young Ray in several of the Star Wars movies that flash back to her as a little kid. So it was, she gets a dollhouse. And she, oh wow, I've always wanted one of these dollhouses. And she sets her little family up inside it. And she comes in one day, and there's just this weird little monster in the dollhouse. Just a little doll of a monster. It's like, where did that come from? I didn't put that in there. And she goes and looks later, and, like, the family's all in another room. And she hadn't touched it. And, like, the dog's at the window barking. Or, you know, it's just a doll. They don't move. They don't – nothing happens. But, like, every time she goes back to the dollhouse, the figures have moved. And it had such a level of weird, creepy tension. And they would frame it. The camera would be either looking through the dollhouse at her face and her reaction – or it would be like the point of view of her, and the camera would scan, like looking for what's wrong, what's changed. And it was so creepy and like such dread to it of like, where's the little doll at now? And then like, you know, one of the dolls in, you know, with its head missing in the next room. And then, you know, the, a, a police doll shows up at one point, and it's like, they call the police. <laughs> and then like, they, put, they find the, poli the bodies of the policemen. So like, Things just keep escalating with these dolls, but there's literally no movement. There's no there's no sound effects. There's no nut. It's just static images of these dolls. It's, Every time she looks away, something else happens, and it's it was Doctor terrifying. Who. Uh, like the, the angels, the Blank. Yeah. Angel. yeah. So that if you see that one, that's that's the high point of the whole of the whole series for me so far. But just uh, yeah, I watched that a while ago. But I I wanted to remember that uh, here on the, the Halloween season. Well, uh, one of the most fun things I've watched in a while. My Carly, my daughter, loves Supermarket Sweep. She. <laughs> I have a whole section of game shows here, of how many game shows are on the air right now. Like oh. the old show on Netflix right now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, th last 
last week as we record, um, we got the first episode of the new Supermarket Suite hosted by Leslie Jones. And it was the, some of the most fun television we have experienced here lately. Carly absolutely loved it. It was the same old game show, but adding Leslie Jones into it and just being herself and just, you know, screaming and yelling and being excited <laughs> and off the cuff made it so much better than the old show. Um, they've added a couple, they've added a couple little wrinkles, some new additions when they do like the, the big sweep at the end. Now there's like a florist section. They have like characters planted in the, in the, uh, store. So, you know, you get like a hundred dollars if you get the roses. Well, it's going to take that guy forever to like bumble around and, and before he gets the roses to you. So it eats up the clock and or there's like a barista and you have to, you know, you need to put your order in and she's spilling coffee and throwing the cups around eating time off the clock. So that was a lot of fun for us. Um, how much and, does intact Gatorade get you? Right. <laughs> well, they um they did something very smart, and they they have Leslie Jones during the big you know the racing sweep. They put her on like an like a microphone, and she's like live commentary as <laughs> they're running through the grocery store. So she's yelling at the players as they're doing it and they can hear her over the thing and she's announcing like special specials and sales and stuff as they're, you know, to make it more urgent. So it was just a lot of fun. Uh, I, I normally don't like the rebooted, you know, nighttime game shows, but man, this thing, this thing could have some legs on it. I could see them, it, it being very popular at first and then maybe taking it and moving it to daytime television as long as they keep her with it. So yeah, I just I happened to notice that this week flipping around channels. Supermarket Sweep debuted. Card Sharks, I think it was one right after with Joel McHale. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. No, but I'm no innovation to. since the seventies. Like it's yeah. giant playing cards, same yep. rules, same everything. That's what Basically. I want though. <laughs> I want to watch uh, those game shows I watched as a kid. Who wants to be a millionaire is back for season two with Jimmy Kimmel as the host. Uh they're doing it with an empty crowd and they're doing celebrities playing for charity or they're having different first responders as contestants. Mm. So doctors and nurses and, 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 uh, you know, people who, who are out there during the, the pandemic are able to win. Uh, NBC had the weakest link come back with Jane Lynch, mm -hmm. which it, again, very similar play, but it didn't quite grab me the way the original did of like, because Jane Lynch is a comedian, so you know she's joking. Like yeah. the original one was just a stern, mean English lady, and she just you that was like, the biggest thing at yeah. that moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing bigger than you are the weakest link, and it uses all those same you know, uh, yeah. This much money will be moving on to the next round, but one of you will not. Who mm. is the weakest link? You know, all the exact same script and everything. And then there's one we talked about trivia that we do. El Rey Network, the, the Robert Rodriguez uh, channel, has a show called Correcta Mundo, and we're not talking Happy Days. It is literally Zoom trivia. It's the he the host is Hector Navarro. They do uh, El Rey Nation has basically like a daily talk show where they talk nerd stuff and movies and comics and and all kind of stuff. Uh, 
kind of they're just kind of stealing our thunder here a little bit. Yeah. How do we but, get on this show? Yeah. So it's just him and three of his friends from this you know rotating group of people, and they do movie trivia, and each one is like a you know one episode was about sci-fi movies, one was about fantasy movies, one was about comedies. So it's just an hour-long Zoom movie trivia game that people are putting on television. Hmm. And I did get news today. Miracle Workers is coming back for a third season on TBS. Cool. This was the, the Simon Rich anthology series. So each season is different. The third season will be set in the Old West. Nice. All right. So this season is 1844. A small-town preacher, played by Daniel Radcliffe, hmm. is teaming up with a wanted outlaw, Steve Buscemi, and a quote-unquote liberated prairie wife, played by Geraldine Viswanathan, who was the, 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 girl. The, breakout, the breakout star from that show, yeah. to lead a wagon train of settlers along the Oregon Trail. So I'm sure it'll be the same sort of... Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you call that? Anachronisms and like the, a lot of very modern references, but set in the old west and all that stuff. So I'm I'm, I'm happy about yeah, that. I'm excited. And I, I, I we're probably running very late, but uh, speaking of westerns, I had to recommend. We haven't talked about Ethan Hawke yet this episode, and I feel like we're going to need to do that more often. But I have to recommend The Good Lord Bird on Showtime. I don't know if anyone has access to Showtime or whatever. You're our Showtime guy. Right. Yeah. Cliff, I think you would really like this uh, as a historical drama. That seems to be up your mm-hmm. cup of tea. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a Western. It's a limited series. It's not an ongoing, so it's just going to be a, a short series based on the novel by James McBride. So each episode starts and it says, like, the following is a true story most of it happened or something along those lines of like it's history and it really happened, but they take some liberties and there's some kind of absurd moments and they, they stretch things a little bit. So this is Ethan Hawke as John Brown, the famous abolitionist. And it also has a uh, uh, young actor, Joshua Caleb Johnson. It's his first role. And he is an escaped slave uh, named Henry. And when they first meet, Ethan Hawke thinks he said Henrietta, so he thinks he's a girl. He's like, uh, young lady, we're going to get you the finest dresses and we're going to make take care of you. So the kids, he doesn't, he, you know, being a slave back then, you couldn't correct a white man. So he, right. he wears a dress through the whole series and poses as young Henrietta. Uh, it has David Diggs as Frederick Douglass, uh, Wyatt Russell as I, Jeb Stewart. I did see something about this because I saw uh, David Diggs dressed up as, as Frederick douglas and i was like oh that's kind of neat yeah his episode was just the last one i saw that introduced him and he, he was really good in it so um it's, it's described equal parts absurd and tragic the series is told from the point of view of a newly freed teen who becomes part of john brown's motley crew of militant abolitionists so it starts in kansas it was referred to as bleeding kansas so this was when the territory was going to be a state and there was friction if it was going to be a free mm-hmm. state or a slave state. Yeah. So that's where it all kind of kicks off. And John Brown goes there to make sure it does not become a slave state. Um, and then it's eventually leading to the famous uh, raid in Harper's Ferry, West Virginia, that uh, there, he's, he wants to raid the Army Depot and the arsenal there to, to launch a slave revolt and end the horrible, you know, the, the horrible practice of slavery. And it, that 
I, we haven't got there yet, but I'm, we all know that doesn't work, but it does end up leading to the Civil War. So it's just it's it's grounded in history, but there's just a there's a real swagger to it. And he Ethan Hawke plays it as like he, he's like half crazy and he's super religious and so against slavery. So there's there's gunfights and explosions going on. And he's shouting at the top of his lungs of, you know, like, and wickedness in their hearts shall be perished. You know, he's he's quoting Bible verses and like he's asking his kids like, you know, Ecclesiastes 12, John Jr. He's, he's wanting them to quote Bible verses as yeah. bullets are ricocheting everywhere. So it's just, it's a wonderful performance from Ethan Hawke. And I'm the first episode that took me a minute to kind of get the vibe of it. But I, I'm really I'm really gelling with it now. So. Very highly recommended. The Good Lord Bird. Hmm. Sounds good. I would just mention the last thing I I have to mention mention just timely here with the election is if you, anyone was a like Aaron Sorkin and ever watched The West Wing, there's a When We Vote special on HBO where mm-hmm. they did a redo of an of a famous episode of The West Wing. Um, on a stage in an empty theater and when they played the theme song with acoustic guitar to an empty theater it was freaking it like choked me up a little bit it was it was excellent definitely yeah, i didn't i didn't realize it i didn't i didn't know if it was new material or if it was a, a remake that's a fat i mean i've seen that episode multiple times and i have only seen the series once but i think feel like that was a famous episode hartford ferry it's all about the town that voted uh it was like whether it was like primaries or I don't know what it was, but they're famous for having always predicted who won the election with who these 60 some people voted for. And so it kind of revolves around that. Meanwhile, the president is giving, had just gotten back Martin Sheen and he has all these chess sets. So he's like playing chess with multiple different people in his cabinet, you know, you know, throughout the episode. And he's like a freaking genius. That president is supposed to be really smart. And uh, it's just it was it's just a really good episode and, uh, uh, you know, fits right in this moment in time. Highly recommend it's on HBO. We hope you got out and voted. As we record, we're about 10 days shy of the election, I think. So, yep. Yep. You of the future know more than we do. Be on the other side. <laughs> next, when next we talk, things will probably be different. Oh my gosh, Carly and I watched Hamilton the other the other night again and uh it was well, she I started it cuz we were just all talking. I just wanted background noise and it's you know, it's musical, it's just and here comes Carly. She's she's like, "Are you are you watching Hamilton?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> without me? Yeah, without me. And um so I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Okay." So she comes out and sits in for a while. And then, you know, Cooper made the statement about like, he's like, you realize it's like, I started at like nine 30. He's like, this is two and a half hours long. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch the whole thing. And eventually one by one, they all went to the rooms and went to bed and I'm still sitting there at almost midnight watching the entire thing. <laughs> but when you said that, that line, it just reminded me, Oh, Hamilton. So Sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in with us and talking some TV. Uh, nothing slowing down on our end. We got we got plenty more to talk about. 
and we will be back shortly with even more. Until then, my name is Jordan Lowe. As always, I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm the Lazarus Melonhead. <laughs> wow. Now, I'm the now if street. Seth called you that, you would be mad and yeah. we would have flipped, flipped him me off. off. Flipped me well, off. we making fun of me. I make fun of me. <laughs> you can't make fun of me. We all make fun of you. For a dollar a month, you can make fun of Michael on our private Facebook page. I'm from the new streaming service, Seth Plus. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show kapow the pop cultured podcast at gmail.com if you really want to go the extra mile please sign up to be a patron through the podbean app or our website www.udamwithkpp.com to receive special content and early access to some episodes we are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute but please know that most of our content will always remain free so please continue to like comment and share <laughs>